0: here for a good team today. We have another one coming Sunday that we got to go on the road. Just keep stacking good days and keep trying to get better. I think that's the one thing that sometimes this time of year gets lost is you can still get better.
1: This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills.
2: Before we get down to the actual meat and potatoes of the show, before we get to Badgers basketball, before we get to the NBA lounge, Zach Heilford's going to be here today. A lot of fun things to get to, and I can't wait. But before we get to the actual show, I just got to clear something up. I got to say something. I was so annoyed this morning when I woke up and I hopped on Twitter and I saw all of the tweets about Aaron Rodgers breaking news. He's emerging. He's coming out of his darkness retreat. It's like... Let let the man be. I don't even think it's weird to do a darkness retreat. A lot of people do yoga. A lot of people do this, that. the other. Do whatever you want. If I had four days to go be by myself in the dark, what the hell? If I was rich, I got no obligations, I, I would do it. We're ruining it. We're making it annoying. Aaron Rodgers is not being annoying with the darkness retreat. We are. I see all these graphics. Aaron Rodgers has emerged from his darkest tree. PFF tweeted one out this morning, and I quote tweeted. I'm like, we have to stop. This is hell. We're creating hell. A bunch of serious insiders actually reporting on Aaron Rodgers exiting a little cabin. It's so annoying, and it's not annoying because of Rodgers. We're making it annoying. Well, actually, I'm not. Everyone else is. Let me be clear about that. People who work in sports and sports reporting having sources... At a, at a retreat compound in Oregon And tweeting it out like it's a huge deal It's not, let it go, leave it alone That and folks' inability to understand What a darkness retreat is It's so annoying We've known about this for weeks And people still don't grasp it So it's it's dark the whole time? Yes! How have, they, how have we not grasped that? Do they give you food? Yes, or you'd starve Do, do they let fresh air? Yeah, otherwise you'd die Is there a bathroom? Of course. Are you going to poop on the floor? I'm so done. I never want to hear the words darkness retreat ever again. And it's not because of Rogers. I don't blame Rogers. It's because the masses just ruined it. Just ruined it. God, it sucks. I'm so so annoyed. And I can hear it in Zach's voice when Zach does those updates. And he has to say, and Aaron Rodgers has emerged from his darkness retreat today. No one's happy about having to pay attention to this. So annoying. I needed to I needed to clear that from the air to start the show tonight. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Phils. I hope you've had a great day. Tonight's show is going to be so much fun. Zach is going to be here at 4:30. We get a little bit of a live appearance from Zach before he goes on air with his co-host, Mr. Ben Kenny, for Kenny and Heilprin. They go on at five. Zach put out a podcast today, a new episode of The Swing with Jesse Temple. They were joined by Connor Sejan. I listened to the first part of the pod. I did not get to the Asijian interview yet. So maybe Zach can give us a little taste, little tease of that at 4.30. So I haven't had time to hear the Asijian interview. I'm sure it's very good. As Zach is a great interview and Jesse is great. Um, but I would also recommend checking that out if you're Badger fan, Kenny and Heilpern coming up on The Zone at 5 o'clock. And you can always listen to that show in podcast form. You can listen to this show in podcast form. So even if you miss one of these programs live, you can always go back and... Check out what you miss. Zach Heilpern going to be here. We'll talk Badgers basketball with him at 4.30. Probably do some Packers stuff in the second half of the show. We might get breaking news before. I'm kind of thinking we might get Rodgers news at any time. Ben Kenny is convinced that we're going to get Rodgers news tomorrow during the Bill Michaels show. I'll be in with Ben tomorrow for Bill. That would be great if we got that bomb dropped at about noon and then we had a couple hours to talk about it. Fingers crossed. That would be my hope. So we're going to do a little Packers football in the second half of the show, whenever we get there, we don't need to be in a rush. I do want to start tonight's show, very excited as always, the way we start every Thursday show, stepping into the NBA Lounge, talking a little basketball. I know the Badgers won last night, and we're going to give them plenty of love. We're going to talk plenty of Badgers hoops tonight. But we missed the NBA Lounge last week because of Corbin Burns. And I think that contributed to my angst with the Brewers and my frustration with the Brewers. It's like, yeah, they pissed off Corbin Burns, but really they jobbed me out of my favorite segment of the week. So I was extra upset about it. So it's been two weeks since we've done the last NBA lounge. If you're new here, welcome. This is the 15 minutes that we dedicate to the association every week. To the beginning of Thursday's show. So if you love it, you know where it is. If you hate it, you know when not to listen. And if you're a listener in the podcast, you always know when to expect some conversation about the NBA. This week has sucked go home at night and there's no basketball on. It's not just the Bucs. There's no games on ESPN. There's no games on TNT because if I have nothing else to do, if nothing's going on, I sit down and it's like, all right, who's playing tonight? Oh, we got Clippers Suns on TNT. Awesome. I'll watch that. That's just kind of my go-to entertainment. I've been watching cable the last two nights. I've been watching King of Queens reruns. I've been lost. We get games back tonight. Bucks return tomorrow. This NBA season is shaping up for a wet and wild finish post-All-Star break and into the playoffs. And I know what you're thinking. I, I can hear what you're saying right now. You're saying, Grant, this is the association. Of course it's going to be wet and wild. Of course it's going to be awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I know. But this year, I think even more than usual, the finish is going to be electric because everybody's back in a different team, whether you're in on Boston or Milwaukee or Phoenix or Denver or the Clippers or Philly Whoever you're in on, not just to win a conference or to make a run in the playoffs, you could make the case for a bunch of different teams to win a title. Not just to be sneaky, not just to make a conference finals, but to actually win it all this year in 2023. You can make a case for so many teams. You could make a case on star power. Which team has star power? Which team is the deepest? Which team has the best defense? Which team boasts the best offense, the most efficient offense? Which team is the most experienced? can make a case for so many different teams and this season is going to be so fun because i don't think there's a wrong answer i don't think there's a wrong team to back you're all right everyone's right if you're arguing for boston you're right if you're fighting for milwaukee you're correct if you think phoenix is going to do it you're not wrong if you think denver or the clippers or philly i get it i hear you i do there's an honest to goodness argument for so many teams in the second half of the season and into the playoffs an argument for so many teams to win the title. The Bucs, let's start with our team. They have the best player in the world, okay? That inherently gives them a leg up on everyone. They're going to have the best player in every series that they play. They're going to have the most dominant player in any game that they play at home or on the road against any Eastern Conference opponent, and that is a trump card that is incredibly useful. And historically, you'll you'll see that the best player in a series typically wins the series. Typically, not always, but typically the Bucs also have a great big three. And despite what a lot of people think about the NBA, there's not actually a lot of big threes that exist right now. Not a lot of big threes. We're kind of past the era of big threes. And the Bucs have legit championship experience. So you can bet on the Bucs based on best player in the world, great big three, uh, legit championship experience, all great points, all very valid. Celtics, you make the case of the Celtics, they're the deepest team. Nobody's deeper than the Celtics. So many options, so many potential defensive alignments. They can go big, they can go small, they can go fast. They can really line up and match up differently depending on who they play, which is incredibly valuable, especially in these when you're really getting down to the nuts and bolts of basketball. The Celtics are also relatively young, relatively young compared to the Bucks or the Sixers or the Cavs or any contending team you want to pick. They're more durable because of that. Right now, freak injuries happen, but you bet on the younger players that a little bit more durable, typically. Celtics are also really hungry, we assume, because they haven't won anything yet. There's a lot of good reasons to pick the Celtics to come out of the East. There's reasons to pick the Sixers. The Sixers have Joel Embiid, and there's something interesting about Joel Embiid not making a conference finals yet. You could argue that's because Joel Embiid is the second or third best player in his conference. okay. You could also argue that it just hasn't worked out for him yet. Over the last two years, Joel Embiid has averaged 32 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 blocks, on an unreal 52-32-83 shooting split, which means 52% from the field, 32% from three, and 83% from the free throw line. He's been unreal. And part of me has just got my eye on the Sixers because everything hasn't fallen into place for that guy yet. As great as he is dominant as he is, Seems like maybe it's going to happen at some point. Maybe that's this year. I think you could argue for the Cavs. The Ringer put out their uh, playoff probabilities today. I think there's a lot wrong with it, but they had the Cavs way up there. There's a lot of different reasons you could argue for the Cavs. Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell fit really well. Donovan Mitchell's done it in the playoffs before. The Cavs also have the easiest remaining schedule in basketball. Hopefully that helps them stay healthy, get the best possible seed. So in the East, I think you can make an argument for the Bucs, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Cavs. I don't think you're wrong Making an argument for any of those teams I think you could be more right with the Bucks or the Celtics Than you would be with the Sixers or the Cavs But there's a legit argument for four teams in the East In the West You could obviously argue for the Nuggets The Nuggets are the one seed And Jokic is one of the best five or six players To ever play in the NBA Right? That's how that works He's about to win his third straight MVP So naturally he must be one of the best handful of guys ever Oh no he's not Oh Okay In all seriousness, Denver's really good. Their offense hums. It's really efficient. There's cutting and passing and movement that's really rare in this modern version of basketball. Denver could totally win a title. Totally, 100%, absolutely. The Suns, the Suns now have a big three in a conference that maybe doesn't even have an elite big two. Is there another big two in the West, let alone a big three? The Lakers are supposed to have a big two. They don't. The Nuggets don't have a big two. Right, Maybe the maps. Let's talk about them in a sec. The Suns have an amazing big three, and they have Kevin Durant. It's not complicated. Easy to make the case for the Suns. You can make the case for the Clippers. Clippers totally have a case. I think it's a little bit more theoretical. I think making the case for the Clippers, you need to assume some things. You need to reach on some things. But the Clippers totally have a case. They're the Celtics of the West. They're really deep. Lots of options. They can line up a lot of different ways. They got some more defensive versatility, bringing Plumlee in along with Zubach. So now they have a little extra depth at center. They're the Celtics of the West. They're big two, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Just a little older, not as durable as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Kawhi Leonard's also more experienced. So there's that trade-off. That's something that the Boston Celtics can't totally say. Kawhi Leonard's played in and, and won the finals multiple times. He's been the best player on a finals team. It's not something that Jason Tatum can say, but there are a lot of similarities between the Clippers and the Celtics. And the Mavs, I don't think you can discount the Mavs. The Mavs have a top three player in Luka Doncic and a top five offensive player in the league next to him in Kyrie Irving. It's not complicated. Again, it's not complicated. I don't think the case for the Suns is complicated. They have three really amazing players. They have three great stars. The Mavs have two of the best players in basketball. It's not complicated. I think you can make the case seriously for four teams in the West, If you want to jump in on Memphis, I think Memphis is actually becoming a little underrated. Not saying I like them, but people have gone too far anti-Grizzlies, which I get because they put a target on their back and they're easy to cheer against. I totally get it. No one likes Dylan Brooks, not even Grizzly fans. So I get it. But I'd say Nuggets, Suns, Mavs, Clippers, Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Cavs. I could see any of those teams winning a title. That's eight teams. If I'm in a bar and you came up to me and argued for any of those teams, I'd sit and listen. I'd have that conversation. I'd, en- I'd entertain it. Oh, zeroed on the clips. Eh, t- let's talk about that. Tell me more about that. The Sixers. Oh, you- you're you picking the Sixers. All right, let- let's have a conversation. I'm listening. You could tell me Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Cavs, Nuggets, Suns, Mavs, Clippers, and I'd sit there and listen. That doesn't even include Golden State, the defending champs, Miami. And that team's been proven to be a real bastard the last couple of years. I don't think they're good enough this year, but it could be annoying. My darling Sacramento Kings with an unbelievable offense. I don't think they're on the same level as some of those other teams, but a legit team nonetheless. There's a ton of parody in the NBA this season. Tons of parody, as evidenced by a list of teams that I just gave you that could all reasonably claim that they have a, a, a great chance to win a title. There's a ton of parody in this league this year. And parody isn't always good. Like, sometimes there's no parody and it's awesome. Cavs Warriors for four straight years was a blast. We say we want parody, we don't. We We like the heroes and the villains. We like seeing the same faces and the same teams. It welcomes in a more casual audience. So, parody isn't always good. I think the parody this season is fun because every contending team is contending in their own way. It's not just that there are lots of teams that could win a title lots of different teams that play completely different versions and different brands of basketball. And that's what I love. Because if you think back to, let's say, 2015 to 2019. So Cavs-Warriors were in there. There were other great teams. It was Cavs-Warriors, but 2015 to 2019, every team was trying to be Golden State. Jacking up an unbelievable amount of threes. Cleveland got to a point where the Cavs were shooting more threes than the Warriors would. Shoot, 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 shoot all the time everyone is trying to get up as many threes as possible so the league felt very redundant 2015 to 2019 a four or five year window there now this year every team is cooking with a different set of ingredients and it's so fun I retweeted this piece from the ringer Rob Mahoney earlier today I want to read you this excerpt because he's kind of speaking to what I'm, I'm talking about here I'm going to read it directly from this piece the wild swings in the standings this season have distracted from the fact that the NBA ecosystem is incredibly diverse, as varied, strategically, uh, as varied strategically as it's been in some time. The Celtics are near the top of the league in three-point shooting frequency. The Grizzlies are near the bottom. The Nuggets use more possessions in the post than any team out there, while the Warriors are tied for using the second least. Even if you look under the hoods of the teams that seem to operate in similar ways, you'll find that they rely on completely different engines. Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic are amazing, hyper-productive centers who post up in volume and anchor their respective offenses, yet they seem to be playing entirely different sports. Styles make fights, and in this moment, the NBA is an all-out brawl. I cannot wait to see some of these different play styles pitted against each other in seven-game series. It's going to be so much fun. Today, I was thinking of possibly my favorite movie, National Treasure, And you know, towards the end when Ben finds the Benjamin Franklin glasses with all the different lenses, and he uses the glasses to look at a treasure map, and he looks at the treasure map through the glasses, and it looks like a map, and then he starts changing the combination of the lenses, you know, up, down, red, blue, because there's all these different lenses, and he sees different clues based on the different ways he sets up the glasses. That's what the NBA playoffs is going to be like this year, because Celtics Cavs is going to be one series, right? But then if you take the Celtics and you match them up against the Sixers, you're going to get a different version of the Celtics. You're going to get a different brand of basketball entirely. The Nuggets, say they match up against the Clippers. Ooh, that's interesting. But if you take the Clippers and match the Clippers up with the Mavs, you're going to see a different Clippers team, right? You're going to see changing gears and different looks and different styles from these different teams depending on who they're matched up against. And it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. And the playoffs are going to start a lot sooner than you'd think because as soon as we come back from the All-Star break, it's a mad dash to the finish. And the Bucks are a game or two out of the one seed. They're right there. I can't wait. I can't wait. I think this year and this potential playoffs that we're, that we're barreling towards very quickly is going to be one of the best in recent memory. I want everyone to stay healthy. I want every team to be their best because I think it's just going to be a treat. Let's take a three-minute break, come back, wrap up the NBA Lounge, get into Badgers basketball. Zach Heilpern coming up at 4.30. Can't wait.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills, Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Bills. We're just stepping out of the NBA lounge. We're in the, the coat room. We're in the entry. We're in the vegetable. Stepping outside. We're gonna get into Badgers basketball here in a couple minutes. Zach Heilprin from the Zone, sports director, host of uh so many great podcasts like The Camp and the Swing with Jesse Temple, Kenny and Heilprin as well. That's coming up in about 40 minutes, so maybe we'll get a little bit of a preview of tonight's Kenny and Heilprin with Zach going to join us to talk about the Badgers. They beat Iowa last night in an objectively hilarious game of basketball. I mean, I I was laughing out loud last night watching Wisconsin-Iowa. Happy about the win, but sometimes sports are funny, and sometimes you got to laugh at sports. Uh, And I was laughing last night. 608-796-2558. If you'd like to text or call the show, I'll take either one. And if you want to get at me on Twitter, I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Zach on Twitter, by the way, at Zach Heilpern. Everyone tweet him and... Tell him how excited you are for his upcoming appearance on the the show. Spam his Twitter. He'll love it. He'll get a kick out of it. Last night's Badger game, objectively hilarious, because I'm sitting around watching the second half of the game, and, you know, it's close. It's a one-possession game, two-possession game, as it's been in the second half of every Badgers game I watch. They're not running away with any game, at least not right away in the second half. They ran away with it towards the end last night, which is actually... The Badgers hadn't won a game by double digits since, does anyone know? Since last year, (laughs) since December, since late December. So it was nice that they actually were able to pull away. They end up winning by 12. But while the game was close, Badgers started hitting some threes. Bang, bang, bang. And I was like, holy cow, where's this team been? Where's the shooting been? And And I'm on Twitter and I see Evan Flood tweeting, they've hit three in a row. Oh my God. I was like, I didn't even believe that was possible. Chucky Hepburn's finding space, running to the corner, knocking a catch-and-shoot three down off of an inbounds pass. Guys were getting to their spots. They were knocking down. It was was brilliant. I'm like, this is the greatest shooting performance I've ever seen. This is electric. This is fantastic. I can't believe my team's doing this. And then at the end of the game, I checked the box score. Yeah, they shot four of 18 from three. (laughs) They, They shot 22%. I, for some reason in the second half, maybe I... I don't have a very good statistical mind. I don't have a very good mind for numbers. They just don't stick in my head. But while I was watching the second half, I'm like, they are shooting the lights out from three. They have to be shooting 40, 45, 50%. This is unbelievable. And then I check after the game, and it's like, no, not even even close. But when your team can't hit water if they fell out of a boat against Rutgers, and if your team shuts off for an entire second half, 11 minutes of a game, they go without making a field goal. Pardon me for seeing three three three-point shots in a row go through the hoop and thinking this is the greatest shooting performance I've ever seen in in my life. Which is is funny. It's funny that I watched a game last night and was blown away by the shooting of my team only to then realize after the game that they shot 22% from three. Now, Iowa shot 10%. They were three of 28. And I, I saw some folks saying, well, if Iowa just you know, it shoots a respectable total from three they win this game. Yeah, probably, but you could do that with both Badgers games against Northwestern. If Wisconsin just knocks down some free throws and some bunnies at the rim, they're 2-0 versus Northwestern, a team that has vaulted up the Big Ten standings. If they just make a couple fewer dumb mistakes, if they just grab a couple of rebounds against Kansas, they have another amazing quad one win. This Badgers team actually has some quad one and quad two wins. They have a nice resume. The problem is they also have some terrible losses. Now, I'm not smart enough. My brain is obviously not statistically driven enough, as I'm sure you've learned if you've listened to the show for any point in time. My brain's not equipped to be someone who ranks college basketball teams and looks at one team versus another and compares, you know, quads and and the, it's going to be a very interesting process for Wisconsin to be seeded if they do make it into the tournament. It's going to be an interesting process for the selection committee how they go about handling Wisconsin because Wisconsin has a, a couple of wins that you could stack Wisconsin's wins against a lot of teams. They look really good if you just focus on their wins. Then you look at their losses, like well, what happened against Nebraska. What happened against Rutgers? What happened in some of these losses? They have really bad losses. They have really good wins. It's going to be really interesting to see how college basketball experts, people much smarter than me, value Wisconsin and where they end up at the end of the year. have an opportunity to get some wins here down the stretch and and be a reasonable tournament team, have a reasonable case for a spot in the tournament. I'm not focusing too much on it. I I take it one game at a time. I'm a a measured Badger fan that way. That's why when Zach Eilpern joins us next I don't think I'm going to ask Zach about their tournament chances. It's not that I don't care. I do, but I'm enjoying this team or, or, or tolerating this team, depending on how you want to look at it. One game at a time, and we'll see where they end up a week from now, two weeks from now. We'll have those tournament conversations. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Uh, <laughs> Adam tweets in is how many barley pops did you drink when you watched the game last night? I was sober. I actually did. I had the other half of a CBD gummy that I took the other night, but it didn't do anything. I'm telling you, I just don't have a good statistical mind. I can watch a game and I typically don't look at the stats during the game and my brain just does not, my brain just doesn't do the math. It's like, oh, they're going to be shooting around 40%. No, they're shooting 20. (laughs) I know. Maybe my brain just focused on the ones that went in. I'm an optimist like that. What can I say? Let's take a five minute break. We'll come back with Zach Heilbronn to talk Badgers basketball next on the Wisco Sports Show.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Going to get to some Packers talk in the second half of the show. Waiting on some Rodgers news. I think we're going to get it tomorrow. I'm in on the Thrill Michaels show from 10 to 2 with Mr. Ben Kenny tomorrow. Ben thinks we're going to get Rodgers news tomorrow. I hope he's right. That'd be fun. Get a little break news around noon and then we can react to it for a couple of hours. That's my hope. We'll do Packers stuff in the second half of the show. A little NBA lounge, a little Bucks, and a little Badger. Zach Heilprin from the zone. He hosts so many great programs, podcasts with Jesse Temple, like The Swing and The Camp. Kenny and Heilprin coming up in just a little bit. Zach, how are you? <laughs>
3: I'm doing fantastic.
2: Appreciate you coming on because you know when I've talked to Ben before a show, I can tell he's he's really getting in the zone. He's really getting dialed in, and you're willing to come on even though you're going on air in a couple of minutes. And I, I just appreciate that.
3: Well, Ben does the entire show, so I mean that's kind of where that's kind of where things are at. I mean, he's he's the one that runs the show. He's the one that talks ninety five percent of the time. So it's really just me showing up and sitting there and listening to Ben Kenny for fifty minutes. You interject so I, I, I'm correct. Yeah. I don't hate it. Oh, okay. I don't hate
2: it, but you're you're more of the uh the Andy Richter to the Conan O'Brien. You just interject and, and nitpick as Ben's trying to make his points. And it's a great dynamic. I look forward to listening to the podcast. Unfortunately I can't listen or, or be there live because you know I got my I got my own thing going on. Let's talk badger soups just for a couple of minutes mm-hmm. and then I'll let you get to your live broadcast with Ben. Last night's game is funny, Zach. Maybe this is a me problem because I don't do numbers very well. It's not how my brain works. I watched the second half and thought, what a great shooting performance. I mean, they're lighting it up from three. Wow. And then I looked at the box score and it was done, and they were 4 of 18. I was like, okay, maybe not so much, but the way they've been shooting the ball the last couple of games, last night looked completely unbelievable. It was great what they did in the second half. They made three in a row, I think.
3: It was. that. that that's, that's probably where you were getting, getting off a little bit is, yeah. uh, you know, with that three in a row kind of three off a little bit, but – I will say they shot fifty-two percent, uh, mm-hmm. which is just the seventh time they've done that this year. They are now seven and zero when shooting above fifty percent. So hey, uh, that feels like a recipe for victory. Is uh, just shoot better than fifty percent, and I think can be all right. Yeah. They've also sh- they've also won twice when shooting below thirty percent. So they yeah. got that going for them too. But yeah, last night inside too, they've been horrible around the rim. Yeah, horrible around the rim all year. Thirteen for fourteen last night. The rim. 21 for 30 inside the 2 point uh, you know inside the 3 point line it was exactly what they've been missing all year it was it was great for them
2: So watching Tyler Wall early in this game he scored i think it was 8 or 9 points in like the first 10 minutes or so like he just came out very aggressive you're a lot closer to the team and you see a lot of these games in person so add some add some first hand experience I watch Tyler Wall, and I feel a little bit for him this year because I think he's so much better than he's shown, and I don't know that it's all his fault. His season was disrupted with an injury, and he comes back in the midst of a losing streak. He's kind of expected to be the fix, and he's not right away, and I think that dinged his confidence, and I I just think he's been in a little bit of a confidence rut. He came out and played confidently last night, and I think that made a huge difference, not just for him, but for the team finishing around the rim. Tyler Wall's a big part of that, and Iowa's small, but come on, we're Badger fans, so let's build up Tyler Wall.
3: Right, I, I thought it was him being aggressive and getting to the rim early was was kind of key. And the thing is, I mean, he had a couple of turnovers early. He got pulled from the game by mm-hmm. by um, by Bo, by, uh, by, Bo, by uh, Greg Gard, because that's, that's, it was a very bold thing to do. Yeah. That's kind of where I got caught up there, uh, pulling guys for, with mistakes like that. But yeah, he got pulled, pulled, uh, but settled in. And yeah, I mean, he was started four for four. Uh, was, was a monster on the boards. Though know, I mean, Iowa missing as many shots as they did, there were there were quite a few defensive rebounds to get. Um, but to your point, that his confidence took a hit, or he's, he's been you know dealing with confidence. I think that's that's possible. I'll also say that you know even before the injury, he wasn't necessarily playing great. Okay, um, he was shooting in the forties. Uh, you know, field goal percentage wise, and we know where most of his shots come for him, So for him to shoot in the forties, low forties. Wasn't great before the injury. Um, I do think he's getting healthier. I do think we're seeing a little bit more explosiveness out of him and hopefully Wisconsin's sake that continues. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a tough year. Uh, I thought last night we kind of saw what we came to expect of him last year, uh, which was be able to finish around the rim, be a good defender. I mean, uh, their best player, Chris Murray, dealt with foul trouble, but he was two for 10. And, and Tyler had, uh, covered him for the most of the game. So there, there were a lot of positives from Tyler last night, but again, it's the inability to finish around the rim hasn't just been him, but it's stood out more because of where he was last year. I believe he was in the mid-50s shooting uh, two-point shots last year, and, and now he's in the low 40s, and that has been a huge factor in Wisconsin because we look at all their close losses. And a lot of their close wins, too, but yeah. they've, won, they've won a lot of close games, and they've also lost a, close, a lot of close ones, too.
2: I mean, all their games are close, so it just seems like no matter which result they end up with a win or a loss, it's close, and you can nitpick all of these you know easy bunnies around the rim that they might have missed or, or free throws. We're talking mm-hmm. with Zach Heilpern on Twitter, at free Zach Heilprin, Yeah, free throws for sure. That's been a problem. Am I wrong for – let me put it this way. I was hoping to see a little bit more from Chucky this year. I was hoping to see a little bit more of a leap. Maybe not not a huge leap, but I feel like he's the same player we watched last year.
3: Am I wrong for that? Am I in the wrong – Well, I mean, he is their leading scorer. Mm -hmm. He has been shooting north of 45% from three much of the year. But I do agree to an extent. I mean, look, and Greg Gard talked about it last night. Uh, Brad Davison took on a lot of roles last year. And Johnny Davis obviously took on a lot of roles. And what they left behind or what the roles they left behind, Chucky's having to step into. Tyler's having to step into. Steven's having to step into. And it's not – and I know we're we're almost in March. So you're like – They've had a whole entire year to step into him. It's, I don't think it's just as simple as that. Um, he is still relatively young. I thought last night was a perfect game for him. Uh, 12 points, yes, but also five assists and just were against that press. Yeah. Against, yeah. I, mean, I don't know if a lot of people are worried about Iowa's pressure defense a ton, but um, <laughs> it certainly was an, an issue to begin the game. Uh, but Chucky... What he's given them this year? Would you have liked more from him? Would you like a bigger jump? Would you like him scoring like fifteen a game and you know having four or five assists every game? Of course, but he he offers a lot of, a lot of different things that um, don't always show up. And we've seen how many game winning plays has he made at the end on defense, right? Um, so what I, what I've expected, what I've wanted more from him, I think you're not wrong in saying that you want more from him just because you expect it. But I mean, he's taken some significant leaps, and I would expect uh, even more going into the next year.
2: Well, You mentioned that it's it's almost March, Zach, and he's stepping into these roles and, and figuring it out. Zach uh, 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 Greg Gard did say last night, people forget this time of year, you can still get better. I thought that was a very good point made in the post game presser by by Gard. You can still get better even this late in the season, and I feel like the Batters hopefully are doing a little bit of that. Maybe Hepburn's a part of that.
3: I don't. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look. I mean, they need to. <laughs> yeah, I think last night was you, you can't count on a team going three for twenty eight from three. Um, that that was uh, his, I don't want to call it historically bad because they've they've shot pretty bad on the road pretty much all year from three. Iowa has, but you want consistency from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and we just haven't seen it enough. If they, I, I'm not expecting them to go on the win uh, on the road and win on Sunday. That's going to be a really tough environment at Michigan, especially after what happened in Madison with with Hunter Dickinson and all that stuff. But um, it would be a huge step in the right direction if they went in there and pulled out a win. And it would give you a little bit of confidence that maybe they are kind of figuring it out and continuing to get better and learning and growing.
2: Zach Heilburn is here. Zach, uh, allow me to toot my own horn for a second. I think you're going to like this, though. I think as as a mentor to me, as you've been for the last couple of years, especially in the world of Badgers athletics, <laughs> I, I think you're going to be very happy with what I'm about to tell you, because I'm, I'm proud of this, and I think by extension you'll be proud as well. On Monday, I said that this Badgers team feels stuck. Right. Talk about the Rutgers game. We see the same limitations every game, even when they win. Right. Feels like we're kind of watching the same movie every time they play their offense shuts off. You can't really count on these top guys to score. And and it feels very repetitive. And I used on Monday the 2020-2021 team as a comp. Right. Remember that team, they could beat the bad teams without fail, but they were literally incapable of beating a team that was better than them. They were 0-9 that year against teams above them in the standings. And I thought that was a, an astute point and not one of my best, but, you know, a, a, for a Monday show, I thought that was a pretty good point, pretty good comp that I made on Monday. And I got to say, I opened up Jim Polzine's story at Badgers Extra yesterday, one of your colleagues on the Badgers beat, and he made the same comparison. I'm not saying that I am, <laughs> uh, you know, gaining ground here in the Badgers sphere, but I, uh, it made me happy. So I I guess I just I wanted to brag about that. Well,
3: I mean, that's a great point by you. Yes. Great point by you. Yes. Um, it, it, it fits to an extent that team was coming back off of 2020 and um uh, a team that won a national championship i don't know if you know that for, huh? true uh, thank you ESPN. for bringing that up thank you for because yeah. people forget about that yeah. people do forget about it so bringing back a national champion and in, in return almost everybody from the year before and they start the year what in the top 10 in the country and so you're expecting a great season and it just it, it never really Got off the mat because you're right. They weren't able to beat the good teams um, above them um, this year. I don't know what the, the expectation is a lot lower, right? Mm-hmm. But true. They they've beaten some they've beaten some good teams this year. Oh yeah, uh, including above them. I mean, so that's it's a little bit different. But I I understand I understand where what you were going with, and I I agree with both you and Jim.
2: Well, I was going to say not just me. It's 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 Jim. Many many smart minds are making this point. A lot of great minds. Uh, thinking like I will let you go because you have to get to monks but I I will say to to conclude this wonderful conversation and I thank you again for the time uh Ben's had a rough go the last few weeks with his eagles and he just hears from listeners on the morning show I don't I don't really know why they they come after him the way that they do it's funny don't get me wrong but I I feel a little bad for Ben I know he's looking forward to a vacation next week so I hope that that boosts his mood a little however have you talked to him about his team missing out on Jim Leonard that seemed like it might happen and, and now it won't his eagles
3: well, I mean, we talked about it on Tuesday, uh, and now that it, it came out yesterday, obviously, that it's not going to happen. You can be sure that it's going to be brought up on tonight's show. Um, that is that is a guarantee. Obviously, you won't be able to hear it live, but I know you'll be checking out that podcast tomorrow morning before you go on the Bill Michael show with him. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's definitely going to be brought up. It's a real tough look, but it's also a great look for the Packers because we all know what's going to happen. Joe Barry's going to get fired after next year. Matt is going to grab Jim Leonard, and, and everything's going to be – Fantastic.
2: Do you think so? Do you actually think? I feel like Joe Barry's here until Matt is yeah. not here. I, those two are tied at the hip. Oh. Eh, I don't
3: know. I don't know. He's. I mean, it depends what happens next year, right? If the, if the offense bounces back, yeah, this is this is so stupid to even talk about until we get what uh, the Hobbit, you know, what what comes from the Hobbit uh, mouth here in the next few days, whether he's going to come back or not um, after, after leaving the Shire.
0: Yeah. Um, So surprised you guys don't
2: have a darkness retreat expert on Kenny and Heilpern tonight. That's all the rage in Wisconsin sports talk right now. Yeah. It's it's very original. (laughs) Thank you, Zach. Have a great (laughs) show tonight. And I, I do look forward to the podcast. I really do. I listen. I enjoy it.
3: All right. Well, we appreciate it. And, uh, um, I look forward to talking to you next time. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you later.
2: I'll see you next Tuesday. I'll be in Madison, Zach. I, I look forward to it. Have a good night and have a good show. And I, I do listen. I am not, I'm not bsing. I like Kenny and Highopen a lot. I wish I could listen live on Thursdays, uh, but I just, I, I'm such a big supporter of the show. I actually subscribe and download both on Apple Podcasts and Spotify because I'm a company man and I, I like seeing my coworkers succeed, get those download numbers up. So I actually download and subscribe on multiple platforms and I've given a five-star review on on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I would encourage you to do the same. Zach Open, ladies and gentlemen, we thank him for his time. Let's take a three-minute break and we can build on some of the things we just talked about. Talk a little more Badgers and, We will talk about the guy who did a darkness retreat, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, in the second hour of the show. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you've had an outstanding day. I almost fell over three or four different times walking around on the sidewalk today because, well, who likes shoveling? I don't like shoveling. Uh, so walking around, sliding, slipping, falling everywhere. My car is a mess. I almost got it washed last week, too. It's a good thing I didn't. I haven't got my car washed in probably six months. Always something I think I'm going to do, and then I never do. Uh very similar to the way I always think I'm going to go to the dentist. Never do. Always think I'm going to go to the bank and handle my finances. Never going to do that. Go grocery shopping. Never going to do that. I had a can of Campbell's tomato soup last night for dinner and a piece of toast. You think I'm buying groceries regularly? No. No. I'm not. 608 If you want to text and call the show. We just got off the horn with Zach Heilpern. Sports director of our Madison affiliate, The Zone. You hear him on Kenny and Heilpern. You hear him on The Swing and The Camp with his co-host, Jesse Temple. They just had Connor Asijan on today's episode. They talked about the Rutgers game a little. They didn't talk about the Rutgers game as much, obviously, as the win last night. We're we're a positive network. We put a positive spin on things. Uh, We don't like to focus on doom and gloom and losses. But they did talk a little bit about the Rutgers game, a lot about last night's win over Iowa, and then they had Connor Sejan on as well. And Connor Asijan... Did the thing that I think a lot of Badgers fans were hoping that he would do last night go out there, fire up shots, not be bogged down by his performance on Saturday where he could not hit anything. Come out, fire away. That's what Vagabond John brought up yesterday. He's like, I want to see what Connor Assijan does. I want to see his approach. Because if he comes out and he's tentative, ah, Badgers are going to be in a tough spot. They need Assijan to shoot. They need, well, they need him to score, but the shooting is the first step in scoring. And he came out and was not afraid. He was putting up shots. He was getting after it and basically playing as if Saturday's game against Rutgers never happened, which is what the Badgers obviously needed. They needed that confidence. They needed that swagger. You need to be a little bit delusional as a high-volume shooter, whether it's in college basketball or in the NBA. You need to shoot with the confidence that every shot is going to go in. And that's what the Badgers need for a siege, and he provided that last night. Something that Zach said when I brought up Chucky Hepburn. I thought it was an astute point. Zach, I'm hoping a little bit more for Chucky Hepburn. A little bit to be desired. And I know his numbers are up. He's their leading scorer. I don't know how many times i got to bring this up tonight in the first 50 minutes of the show. I'm not a numbers guy. They don't stick in my head. I don't often watch a player and think, oh, he's about a 40%. It doesn't track with me. It just doesn't make sense. I'm an eye test guy. right? I like to watch the game and react to it. And all too often when I watch Chucky Hepburn, it's like, that's not a good shot. That's not a good position for him to be in. That's not an easy, replicable, sustainable way to get a shot, right? It's a lot of deep threes off the dribble. It's a lot of stuff late in the shot clock. And that's responsibility of a point guard. Sometimes when the offense doesn't work and the shot clock's driving down, you need to make something happen. And that's his responsibility, and I understand that. I guess I was just hoping for a little bit more this year, a little bit more polish, maybe an expanded offensive game. But Zach said last night's basically the perfect game for him. Asijin's scoring. Tyler Wall is scoring. Shots are going in from other players. And he can facilitate. He can score, yeah. Chucky Hepburn was their second leading scorer last night. I'm looking at the numbers right now because, God, I can't remember. Asijin had 17, Wall had 11. Chucky Hepburn had 12. Chucky Hepburn also barely turned the ball over at all. Only had one turnover. And this is a team that struggled with pressure defense, struggled with presses. I don't know that Iowa's presses." the meanest full-quarter, three-quarter-court press that college basketball has to offer. But the Badgers have been prone to turning it over, and they've struggled against handsy defense. Northwestern has given them fits twice, especially in that first matchup in Evanston. It's like, man, they don't know what to do. Look, all out of sorts, all out of place. They're running around. They're throwing the ball away. They're trying to split double teams, and nothing's going well. Last night, it went a lot better. Chucky Hepburn is part of controlling that, part of setting the tone for the offense, getting guys into their action. Maybe it's unreasonable for me to expect more on offense in an expanded offensive game because not everyone can be Johnny Davis. Not everyone can go out and drop 20, you know, without fail. Chucky Hepburn's their leading scorer. That's a good point. Zach also pointed out that there were roles vacated by Brad Davison. There was a big role vacated by Johnny Davis, obviously, and they're trying to fill those voids this year. Tyler Wall's been in and out of the lineup. Connor Asijan, obviously, on Saturday had a down performance. He's not somebody that you can completely bank on, nor should you want to bank on him. He's a freshman. So they're trying to pick up the pieces and put things together after they lost a lot this last offseason. Team can still get better. Team can still improve, right? And that was that Greg Gard soundbite that I put in the intro. I'm going to go into my email and get it. Because it's a great point. Greg Gard is a, quote, machine, by the way. Greg Gard drops bombs, bars of wisdom coming from Coach Greg Gard. Uh, Let's see here. I think this is the one. I'm going to play it. This is Greg Gard last night talking about how you can still get better this time of year. Right? And a lot of people forget about that.
0: We didn't talk about anything different. They know where we're at and got to keep prepare for a good team today. We got another one coming Sunday that we got to go on the road. So just keep stacking good days and keep trying to get better i think that's the one thing that sometimes this time of year gets lost is um you can still get better you can still get better and i don't know with the badgers
2: if it's a matter of getting better getting better at shooting get it better handling the ball whatever i do think because of the nature of this past offseason the way that it went with so much talent and so much usage going out the door or going to the draft that they're still not 100 sure of who's supposed to do what and who's expected to do what they're still figuring that out. And I think that's a process that maybe as, as Greg guard said last night, they can still continue to figure out through the end of February and into March. And they can still, you know, get more confident in their roles. Maybe they're not going to pick up new skills. A 30% shooter. Isn't all of a sudden going to turn into a 45% shooter or a 50% shooter, but that player can become more confident in his role. And and become more confident in what he's supposed to do relative to his teammate, what's expected of him. And I think the Badgers are figuring that out slowly but surely. I still think they're really consistent offensively. They go through those long stretches. And you can't count on Tyler Wall night tonight. You can't count on Chucky or Connor Assegin or Steven Crowell night tonight. I know Crowell was dealing with foul trouble last night, but that's part of consistency. You got to be on the floor. Right? That's part of being a great player. You got to find a way to stay on the floor even if you're not getting the perfect whistle or the ideal whistle. And Gard talked about that in his postgame presser, too. I fell for Stephen Crowell a little bit with some of the fouls he was tagged with last night because, I mean, what do we want the guy to do? You're not supposed to be able to touch anyone. This is a contact sport. Basketball is a contact sport. I think they're becoming a little bit more comfortable in their roles. We'll see if it's enough. Both of those games getting away against Northwestern and that game getting away against Nebraska is... Maybe going to be the group of games that comes back to haunt them. Because as Zach said, this team has good wins. They got a lot of quad one and quad two wins. The wins aren't the problem. It's the losses. There's some really, really bad losses. And it'll be interesting to see how the college basketball evaluators and bracketologists, right, and prognosticators balance that. Right? I think this Badgers team is capable of beating anyone. I think they can go into Michigan and win. I think they can beat Purdue next week but they can also lose to anyone. And I don't know how you balance those two realities It's for people much smarter than me to do. Uh, I feel like I've talked about how dumb I am a couple times tonight. I'm not a moron. I just can't remember numbers. I don't have a good number memory. I can remember other things, less useful things. I can't remember numbers. It's for much smarter people to figure that out with the Badgers. When we come back, we'll probably start to wrap up our Rogers talk a little bit. I don't want to move off them completely. I'm, Thinking maybe we'll get some texts or calls, and we can kind of wind down our Badgers conversation. Couple minutes into the five o'clock hour, I do want to talk a little bit of Packers. I have some sound bites that left me very confused, and I want to talk about that. Sound bites pertaining to Aaron Rodgers and his future with the Packers, because it's what we do here. It's basically our specialty. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers and his future in Green Bay—that's what we talk about. That's what we do. Let's get an update from our guy Zach Hyper and come back. Little Badgers, Little Packers, hour two
1: next.
0: Prepare for a good team today. We have another one coming Sunday that we got to go on the road. Just keep stacking good days and keep trying to get better. I think that's the one thing that sometimes this time of year gets lost is you can still get better.
1: This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills.
2: I got a text here, speaking of college basketball. Says, hey Grant, how about some love for Marquette? Nobody talks about them. They lead the Big East and have a legit team, and Wisconsin beat them. So the better MU does, the better that win looks to the committee. I suppose that tr- that's true. It's hard to talk about wins that are that long ago. I understand they still count, which I hope they do count because a lot of Wisconsin's really good wins were early in the year. So if those all of the sudden start to diminish in value, that does not spell good things for Wisconsin and their standings with the selection committee and and with the general college basketball. I guess the community. I I don't know the decision makers, the rankers, the statisticians, uh, and the people who ultimately shape the NCAA tournament. I don't watch Marquette mostly because the Big East just does not do it for me. That conference, that league is just not it. It's not like the Big Ten. The Big Ten—it's hard to win in this league. The Big East. eh, Let's say it's easy to win in the Big East. That's not what I'm saying. Not what I'm saying. Don't twist my words. It's hard to win in that league too feel like it's harder to win in the Big Ten. I just don't watch Marquette. I have a uh, small to, to less than medium appetite for college basketball. I get my fix with the Badgers. I don't really need to watch much more than that. And if I do, it's some other Big Ten game. And I got to do my scouting report on Purdue. I got to make sure that I really familiarize myself with Purdue. So that way I can best celebrate their loss in the first or second weekend of the NCAA tournament. The Matt Painter special, I call it. I look forward to that. And I look forward to picking and betting against Purdue every year in the tournament. I do like watching Michigan because I might hate Michigan more than Iowa. Michigan has so much vaulted up my board of teams that I don't like. Minnesota Vikings are up there. Any team that Russell Wilson plays for is up there. Michigan basketball is up there. The St. Louis Cardinals are up there. Is there anyone I'm forgetting? The Celtics, definitely up there. We did the NBA Lounge about an hour ago actually very nice to the Celtics today. I didn't say anything bad about the Celtics. So, no. Long-winded way of answering that question. I don't think I will talk about Marquette because I don't know anything about Marquette. Chaka Smart seems to be a good coach. It seems very odd to me that we want to revise history when Chaka Smart was available. Oh, the Badgers should have hired him. Really? I don't remember a lot of people with that take. I don't remember anyone with that take. It's funny how we remember things with sports. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Graham Pills. Hope you're having an awesome awesome night hour number two I want to get to some Packers stuff before too long I don't know exactly when we'll get there I'm hoping to get some takes on the Badgers big win last night had to have it at home 608-796-2558 if you'd like to call or text the show I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant if you want to join the show that way as well you can tweet me anytime but it's a little bit more fun from four to six when we can go back and forth on the air last night's Badger game was objectively funny and sports can be a lot of things. Sports can be meaningful. They can be sentimental, can be entertaining. Sports can be infuriating. Sports can obviously just be funny, too. It can just be funny. Sometimes you just have to laugh because sports are funny. Like the Packers smashing the Vikings at Lambeau in Week 17. That was an objectively funny sporting event. That game didn't really mean much. Packers got a few good bounces, played a really good game. The Vikings pooped down their leg. Vikings went to the playoffs and the Packers didn't. But it was funny. It's like, yeah, it's just, it's a good time. Vikings had a chance to knock the Packers out of the playoffs, and the Packers just curb stomped them at Lambeau. It was funny. And not going to lie, I, I listened to K-Fan a little bit that night, that Monday morning. Like, uh, let's see what Paul Allen and company are saying about this game. I, I just got to check it out. You know, an eye on the enemy sort of approach that I take as a, as a radio broadcaster. That game was funny. Last night's Badger game was objectively funny because in the second half, they're drilling threes. They're hitting shots. I'm like, man, this is a great, great shooting performance from three. And then I checked the box score at the end and they were four of 18, which is 22%. Not exactly great. But as Zach said, when we spoke to our friend Zach Halpern back at 430, they shot 50% from the floor and they were really good from two. They almost made every single shot at the rim. They they, they shot a really high percentage from two-point range as well. I believe their final total from two was 22 of 30. Yep, and they finished 13 of 14 at the rim. Now, they hit a couple of three-point shots. They hit three in a row at a moment in the game when it seemed like it was really impactful, like they were really putting a run on Iowa, really charged up the Cole Center, really built some momentum, and, and kind of flipped the script from what we saw against Rutgers and what we saw against Nebraska and Michigan. Uh, and, and some of these second halves where the offense had just shut off. It felt like back-to-back-to-back threes was just a godsend. And maybe it's it's more about when you hit the threes. Maybe it's not about how many threes you hit. Maybe it's about when you hit them. It felt like the Badgers' three-pointers last night came at a really opportune time in the second half. And the Badgers knocked some shots down. It's not always complicated. Basketball's about making shots. Greg Gard said that after the game.
0: Made some shots, and... You know, we shoot 50-some percent tonight after, what, 20-some percent in the second half Saturday. So I don't want to simplify it, but it's, in some regards, it's it's really that simple. And I think you feed off that confidence as much as you try to always be locked in defensively. When you get the ball to go in a little bit, it, it ignites you on the other end, too.
2: Really nice game from Tyler Wall. You know, we talked about Connor Siegen yesterday talked about Chucky Hepburn, talked about the offense. And I went back and forth with a couple Badgers callers. Like, what are you looking for tonight? And we got some really good answers from Badgers basketball fans. And I'm going to watch for this. I'm going to pay attention to this. It felt like we went into this game with a couple of bullet points to pay attention to. Didn't really talk much about Tyler Wall. Tyler Wall comes out, turns the ball over a couple of times. who struggled with confidence this year. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. But then he bounced back really well. Nice scoring flurry in the first 10 minutes. He had like eight or nine points in the first opening dozen minutes or so. And that confidence, I think, around the rim and that confidence to take shots and to shoot and play very confidently, it seemed like he was playing confidently. I saw some smiles, good energy. I thought that made make a world of difference, not just for Wall, but for the Badgers offense as a whole. This offense, not just Wall, everybody has been terrible at the rim. And last night, they finished 13 to 14 at the rim. And I think part of that was Tyler Wall after some turnovers early, Really bouncing back and doing a nice job of setting the tone, Greg guard on Tyler Wall after the game how
0: he responded in terms of going right back down and you know finishing the post um off the glass, I think he did that time that was a good sign that he wasn't letting what happened prior carry over and we gotta you know uh, move on to next you got to turn the page quick, possession by possession, don't worry about what happened we got we got a lot more to play and I think they
2: got as Zach said, a nice night from Hepburn. Maybe I need to look at Hepburn differently. Maybe I need to think of him as more of a playmaking point guard rather than a scoring point guard. I know he's their leading scorer, and I think Johnny Davis has probably warped my vision of what the leading scorer of a team is supposed to look like because he was so brilliant last year, basically every single game. Chucky Hepburn doing a little bit of everything last night, guiding the offense, not turning the ball over, putting in some points, yeah, but also facilitating, organizing, directing the director of an orchestra or the director of a band, Gardon on.
0: Yeah, five assists, one turnover, you know, with the pressure that he saw, having to make decisions every time up the floor. Um, and I thought he was physical at the rim, you know, trying to go through contact more. So that that's all a good sign.
2: Really impressive game from the Badgers last night. We'll see what it means. I'm not doing the tournament thing. right? How many games do they have to win down the stretch if they want to make the tournament? I don't know. I'm not I'm – not, I don't have models. I don't have formulas. I don't – That stuff is so data-driven. I'm an eye test guy. I watched the game last night. I'm here to talk about the game. That's about as far as my sports expertise goes. Let's talk about the Packers a little bit. We haven't got any news today. All right, let's shift to this. Yeah, let's let's shift to the Packers. Let's talk about the Packers. No news today other than this morning. Rodgers has emerged from his darkness retreat. And the graphics were ridiculous. The sports insiders who were tweeting, Rodgers is out. It's like, does it matter? <laughs> do, we, do we need to report on this? Do we need to know? Does this need to be on my timeline? Okay, whatever. I'll just ignore it. We haven't had any Rogers news. I'm hoping it comes tomorrow. I felt a little bit of a shift in the sports talk sphere that maybe, just maybe, it's trending more towards Rodgers coming back, which is hilarious, by the way. This, this is very much uh, like the NBA draft or, or NFL draft news cycle. Where we have mock drafts, we have a round of mock drafts, we, we think we have it figured out. And then we have the combine. And then we have pro days. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. This guy who we thought was a third rounder, yeah, he's going, he's going top 20. My goodness. And, and this guy who was really good for his entire college career. Yeah, he's fallen, fallen down the draft board. He's he's got short arms, stubby arms. Look at this guy, he's got stubby arms. T-Rex arms on this, on this guy. How, how's he supposed to be a first-round pick? Forget his college performance. Forget his college stats. So really without any new data other than some measuring and some running and some jumping, we go back and forth and up and down and we reorganize and reshift all of our opinions on the NFL draft and all these prospects. And I think it's kind of because we're bored. I know there are talent evaluators that take it really seriously and they're tweaking and they're moving guys around the draft board, but it seems like in preparation for the draft and in these slow months where there's not a lot going on in the football world, post-Super Bowl pre-free agency. We just kind of need something to entertain ourselves. And I think the sports media has maybe started to do that with Aaron Rodgers as well. We got too many Jordan love stories in a row. We had Bob McGinn saying the Packers are disgusted. They're disgusted. And Bob McGinn is not still close to the Packers. And, you know, to to not push back but to be very honest about our guest for Monday or, or Tuesday, Tyler Dunn. Tyler Dunn's not in Green Bay anymore. He's not there. He's still got connections, but Things move fast. New guys come into the building. Order of operations changes. The way that management operates changes. So we've been getting Jordan Love stories. Packers are ready to move on. They're disgusted. Jordan Love this. Jordan Love that. He's taking a big leap. Aaron Jones talking about Jordan Love. And it felt like we got a little too stale with the Jordan Love stuff. So now let's shift to Aaron Rodgers. We get a couple Aaron Rodgers stories. Right? Tom Pellicero the other day goes on Rich Eisen's show which I don't know, it's still on Sirius XM. I know it's on, like, the Roku channel or whatever, Crackle or Tubi or whatever it is. Tom Pellicero went on there, and he gave us this kind of company line from the Packers, and we've heard this a little bit in the last couple of days, a little bit more momentum for Aaron Rodgers coming back.
4: If he wants to return to Green Bay, the Packers, and as long as he's fully bought in, the Packers want him back. They had good conversations after the season. He is still, you know, down the stretch last season, he played at a high level. He kept him in it. Obviously, Week 18 didn't go the way they wanted it to. But there would also need to be further conversations about making sure that everybody's on the same page about the direct direction that the roster and the organization is going. And all that is without him actually telling anybody, including people he knows with other teams, that he's – definitely going to play in 2023
2: this is what i can't get over this is what i can't figure out this is what I, I i can't get past this i can't get past this i think the packers should move on to jordan love i think a lot of people do even if we like aaron Rodgers, and i do like aaron Rodgers, the one thing i can't get past the one thing i can't rectify is aaron Rodgers coming back to the packers and saying i want to stay i still want to be here I think that's what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. And I really fail to see a world in which the Packers tell him no. I I don't see a world in which the Packers say, oh, Aaron, you want to come back? Too bad, so sad. We're going to trade you. I really fail to see that reasonably happening, that realistically happening. I I just, I can't, I can't get over that. I I wish in my mind there was a way that I could say, well, Goody will... Sit down with Rogers and tell him this and, and make it make sense this way and talk him through that. And I just, I just can't get there. I just can't build that bridge in my mind from Rogers wants to come back to Rogers does not come back. I can't make sense of that. I, I can't get there. I just can't. And I think it's the most likely scenario. I think Rogers loves to talk about playing elsewhere. And I don't know. We'll see. Everything's up in the air. I'm a very contemplative man. I like to consider all possibilities. I, I like to, you know, go go things with an open mind. You know, I want to have an off-season of reflection, and I want to do a retreat, and I really want to take time, and I want to... Be- I think he likes the process. I don't know if he's really strongly considering going somewhere else. Rogers has got a good thing in Green Bay. He's got a winnable division. He's got a fan base that loves him. Right, A system that he knows. I mean, he's pulling out hand signals from five or six years ago. Not going to be able to do that if he goes somewhere else. Not going to be able to run his stuff and have the control over the offense that he has. He's not going to be able to play with some of his buddies if he goes elsewhere. And if things go south in Green Bay, more south than they went this previous year, or just as south. Right? right? What if they go 8-9 and nine again? What if they go 500? They can't go 500, but you know what I mean. If they go about 500 and it's underwhelming. He's not going to get booed at Lambeau. Like, the fans aren't going to chase him out of town. The fans aren't going to hate him. We might not be thrilled, but we're not going to do what Denver fans are doing to Russell Wilson right now. We're not going to do that. We're not going to go after him. We're not going to go after him with pitchforks and torches. That's not going to happen because he's our guy. But if Rodgers were to go somewhere else, all of a sudden he's not the fan's guy anymore. He's new. He's the guy who's supposed to come in and fix it. If he goes to the Jets, he's supposed to be the final piece of the puzzle. Take us to a Super Bowl. This is what we need. You're the guy that we need. And if Rodgers isn't able to deliver, especially if he's not able, you know, to come close, what if he goes eight and nine as the quarterback of the Jets? That's not gonna go well. That's not gonna be a fun experience for him. Whereas if he goes eight and nine in Green Bay, well, it's home. He's been there forever. Fans are gonna be a little bit more forgiving. We might be frustrated, but we'll be forgiving. I just don't think that Rogers seriously wants to go somewhere else. Even if he could play on a better roster somewhere else, even if he maybe would have marginally better chances to win a title somewhere else, I I just don't see why he'd want to leave. And because of that, I, I don't really see the Packers being able to trade him. Because I don't think they're going to tell Rodgers no. I don't think they're going to look Rodgers in the eye after Rogers says, I want to stay a Packer. I don't think they're going to look at him and tell him no. I fail to see a world in which that happens. Let's take a three-minute break. Join in the conversation. 608 608- 7962558 Wisco Sports Show back in 3 minutes.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Show. My name is Grant Bills. Appreciate you hanging out. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. You want to tweet into the show? You can text and call the show if you'd like. 608 796 2558. Talking Packers. What else are we going to do? Are you kidding me? We did our NBA lounge. So excited for the second half of the NBA season. It's going to be a blast. Talked to Zach Heilbronn about Badgers basketball. Broke down their win over Iowa last night. And now we're talking Packers that's what we do. I get a text here. Snappy Tom says, I couldn't agree more with your Rogers take, although they think, I think they may suggest strongly to show up for camp uh, and that they will get rid of Bakhtiari. Look, if Rodgers wants to come back to Green Bay, I, interesting. I mean, can the Packers tell him, all right, you can come back, but you need to come to camp. How does that conversation go? You know, I'm with you. I want him a part of everything. He's the quarterback. Like, I want him around the team. I want him to be here. Absolutely, 100%. I don't know that playing in the preseason makes a big difference. I don't know if him being at OTAs makes a huge difference, but it's just what you do. You're leader of the team. You're leader of the quarterback. I want you bought in. I want you fully invested. And maybe that's what Tom Pellicero was hinting at. And I'll play that clip again in a sec for those of you who are maybe just joining the show. But it sounds like if the Packers uh, can get a full commitment from Rodgers and he's bought in and he wants to be back in Green Bay, they want him back. And maybe training camp is a part of that. I don't know. I don't know why they'd get rid of Bakhtiari. It'll cost them a lot of money, and Bakhtiari's been good when he's healthy. Ideally, Bakhtiari comes into this year as healthy as he's been in three years, and he's ready to play a full season because he's a great left tackle when he's been available. He's just struggled to stay on the field. Mercedes Lewis, I'm out. Randall Cobb, I'm out. Alan Lazard, I'm out. Robert Tunyon, I'm out. Got to get younger, got to get more explosive, and Rodgers should want that too. Because Rodgers is old. He's slow. You want faster, stronger, more explosive guys around you to help you. I don't want the carcass of Randall Cobb and the statue of Mercedes Lewis. Let's talk to Brett Lacrosse, 608-796-2558. What's going on, Brett?
5: Well, let's just start calling me your Packer Insider. Okay. Bit.
2: Okay. You do have boots on the ground in Green Bay. You absolutely do. Well, yeah. I don't know and, how and legitimate talking- Insider it is, but you do have somebody. This is true. Talking to you yesterday,
5: I said somebody would emerge today, and not only that, the Packers, no matter what you're reading, do want him back, and he is coming back.
2: Well, I feel like so you just the, watch the darkness retreat. I mean, and this is what I told you yesterday. I feel like you say very generic things, and then when they happen, you, you act like you had inside information. I, I don't know if that was the case with the darkness retreat. Did, you have, did your source tell you something about the darkness retreat? <laughs> well,
5: if you just do easy math, you know when he went in so you'd know when he comes up. Yeah, that's true.
2: Your insider us pretty good at math, <laughs> counting days. It yeah. does seem yeah, to feel good. like Rodgers is coming back, although I don't know why. Because for two weeks, I was convinced that he's done and they're going to love. And now I'm convinced that Rodgers is coming back and we don't really have anything legit from the Packers or Rodgers. It's amazing how this works.
5: Right. Well, and the thing is, is, is the difference, and... I heard your first part as I was stopping I was grabbing pizza. Boy. Um, yeah, yeah, at our local Toppers establishment. Nice. Um anyway, so I I heard you say you don't think that if Roger says he wants to come back the organization's not going to be like, "Yeah, that's wonderful, but we're trading you."
2: I don't think that's going to happen. The difference,
5: now. yeah, no, it it definitely won't happen. The the difference and the reason that it happened with Favre is because he did the wishy-washy retirement thing but they knew exactly what they had in Rodgers behind him. They don't they don't have that kind of superstar power behind Rodgers. He may be a decent quarterback that can be okay for a couple of years until we find someone great, but it's not another Aaron Rodgers waiting in the wings.
2: What did you think so of Rodgers when, when they moved off of Favre and went to Rodgers? What was your honest opinion? Try to remember what you thought in the summer of 2008. Because everybody now, I can tell you exactly. Everyone now is like, well, we knew. Well, you thought you had something, but what, what did you actually think? You seem to remember well. Well, like, my,
5: you... my first opinion was that we should stick with the proven quarterback. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, Rodgers is awesome, but, listen, you have you have the Hall of Famer playing. Why, why move on? But then it really got soured when there was comments made by Favre. And then as soon as he was told that, you know, we think we're going to move on, blah, 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 that it initially turned against the entire organization. Okay. It wasn't wasn't a huge thank you to fans. It wasn't anything like that. And that really turned me away from even caring what he did after that. And then going to the Vikings was the end of it. So... As far as I know, he could be in a ditch in Mississippi somewhere collecting
2: money that he's stolen. Shaking a soup can on a street corner, asking for a couple of yeah. pennies.
5: I mean, I don't, at this point, I don't really care. But also, I wasn't of the age, you know, in the years up to that point, like, I was around and I remember watching the far Super Bowl in 96 yeah. or 97, whatever that was. Um but I wasn't as into the sport and making it more of, you know, something that I really looked forward to in life because I was so young. Interesting. And that changed with Rogers. So it's a little bit more personal that way, I think, which is also why, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for the guy. And, you know, I don't want to see love. I don't like the idea of love. I don't like the play of love. I don't like the fact that the organization has done this to this guy's career. But you know, if he's got to move on, I understand. It just to me it sucks because he is the quarterback that I've always had. Whereas you know, you are a little younger than I am, so you may have a different take on it as well.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, let me tell you this. L- let's try to let's try to think about what we might be talking about on sports radio uh, in 16 years, right? Let's let's fast forward one quarterback cycle, one quarterback Green Bay cycle, Green Bay quarterback cycle. Let's say that they hmm. keep Rodgers and they trade Jordan Love, right? And they trade Love yep. to the Colts or the Falcons or somewhere that's, that's ready to build around him, right? What do you think we end up thinking about this decision in 16, 17 years?
5: Uh, we, we are thinking that that was the start of a whole new organization where Goody is not around anymore to be running anything. And the look of the whole front office is different. Ted Thompson's, you know, obviously, rest in peace. But then Goody's gone, and everybody that had anything to do with this kind of trade is gone. It's over. It's After that, it, it's a whole different lifestyle.
2: Do you think there's a chance that we look back on this offseason and think that they let Jordan Love get away? Do you, are you worried about that at all? No, never. Interesting. I, I thought that when we got rid of... um okay.
5: Shoot, now I'm drawing a blank. Brett but, Uh No, the guy at the Steelers, or for uh, uh, Saints. Seneca Wallace.
2: No, no. I know who you're talking about, but I don't remember the name. Yeah, the other guy they drafted. Quarterback. Yeah, 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 I know. You thought he was the guy that got away? I I still am. His name, Brian Brom.
5: But then again, how many years has it been, you know? he's yeah. He's not going to be a backup. I mean, I guess he's kind of a backup and used as a utility guy over there for the last how many years oh the Packers would have never used him like that
2: oh oh I was thinking of the other guy yeah that's that's a little different I guess if the Packers are comfortable trading away Jordan Love after all of this that to me speaks volumes to Jordan Love and what they think of him despite what you know Tyler Dunn might write he's excited about him he really likes Jordan Love we talked to him on Tuesday I If the Packers move off of Jordan Love this offseason, that really speaks volumes to me and what they think about Jordan Love. Well, it uh,
5: should already speak to you knowing that we had a 1% chance to even make the playoffs and we had five straight losses or six losses in seven games and they still didn't move on to him.
2: True. Yeah, I guess that's an interesting. I mean, if you're going to do it, that would have been the time. Maybe the Packers but have been didn't. telling us what they think about Jordan Love this whole time, and we just haven't been listening.
5: Well, because they said, who gives us the better chance of winning? We're going to put the quarterback out there that gives us the best chance of winning. And it showed you exactly who
2: that was. And that was injured Rodgers and not healthy Jordan Love. Right. Uh, i got to take a break, Brett. Bef- before we do, can I just say, you've had two very good calls this week. You've had b- back-to-back Thanks. days, you've really brought it. I appreciate this. This is good stuff.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying a new thing, you know. I give the BS to Evo and the good stuff to you.
2: Well, uh, I'm not going to stop you. Keep it up. It's nice to hear from you. And, hey, we'll be in for Bill Michaels tomorrow. So if we get some Packers news, call in and and give us some of your inside info.
5: I will. I will. If I hear anything tomorrow, I'll let you know right away.
2: Thanks, Brett. Enjoy the pizza tonight. Yep. All right. Bye. Our friend Brett in lacrosse. I mean that. Brett's brought it the last couple of days. I've been impressed. Eric in Madison says, if Rogers saw his shadow right away after this retreat, does that mean we get six more weeks of indecision? thank you for the text. Eric, it's not personal. It's just, you would be amazed at how many people have sent that joke to this text line over the last two, three weeks. And again, it's not personal. It's clever. It's just, I'm sick of the darkness retreat jokes. I I'm so I, I'm listening to other shows that they're having darkness retreat experts on. I think the frustrating, the frustrating part about this, and I said this back at four o'clock and Eric, I'm not, I'm not picking on you. Thank you for the text. Please text more. Any, anytime a joker, always text in. I'm not discouraging what you said. Thank you. I said this back at four o'clock. The annoying part is that no one seems to grasp the idea of a darkness retreat. I wish I could have Ebo on. Maybe I'll have Ebo on tomorrow if he's free and we can complain about this together. The idea of a, a darkness retreat is very simple to me. It's a very simple concept. You go into a small house a very a large room even that has been designed to let no light in to take away all sensory stimulation so you just are alone with your thoughts no no sensual stimulation n- nobody else to bother you no know, screen to look at and you can really just relax and meditate and rest it's very easy they slide food through a double door so no light gets in you go in in the evening you come out in the morning very easy the amount of Analysis that this has received is insane to me. The amount of questions that have needed to be answered about this. So, is there a bathroom? Where do you think the poop and the pee goes? Where do you think? Yes, there's a bathroom. Well, how do you see? You've never gone to the bathroom in the dark. Power's gone on. You've never, you've out here. You you figured out. Human beings. It's amazing how your brain works. You present your brain with a challenge. You can figure things out pretty quickly. Well, how do you how do you keep from peeing on the ceiling? You. There's probably a railing on the wall. You follow the railing into the bathroom. You, you probably sit and pee. Oh, how feminine is that? I know, but that, now you're not peeing on the floor. There you go. Look, we're problem solving. It's taken all of 10 seconds for me to figure out how to take a piss in the dark. And it's amazing how sports shows and talks like, I don't understand how this works. I, I, so you, you pee in the dark? How is that even possible? How, how does that even work? Does the toilet, does the water just shoot up onto the... This makes no sense to me. So there's no lights at all? No, there's no lights. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of the darkness retreat. It's called a darkness retreat. It's like, so So uh, uh, dry January, you don't drink at all? Not even on weekends? No, that's the point. This is just so annoying to me. And maybe I'm the only one that's annoyed. And if so, this is probably a... Very difficult to listen to. It's probably very grating. Why is Grant yelling? Calm down. No, I, I get it. Maybe it's just me. It's just we're smarter than this. This is a very simple concept. We, we don't need to write like I I see Vox or like Bloomberg or these other, you know, online news sources. Aaron Rodgers has announced he's participating in a darkness retreat. He we talked to someone to get the lowdown. I didn't need the lowdown. It makes pretty good sense to me. It's dark. It's dark. Oh, there's a bed. Yeah, that's where he sleeps. Because even in the dark, you sleep. You normally sleep in the dark. Is that a foreign concept? Is that hard to grasp? There's a couch? Yeah, you need somewhere to sit. Just because it's dark, you don't start levitating. You don't just lay on the floor for four days. We talked to a darkness retreat expert. Here are the 10 things you need to know. That's already too many. It's dark. I know what I need to know. Let's take a five-minute break. We'll do more Packers stuff. Coming up next. David Minona just texted in. I'll I'll read his thoughts on the whole blindness retreat business. Coming up next.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Sports show? Mm. Let's try that again. Wisco sports show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you're having an awesome day. Just ranting about blindness retreats. I just, I've had enough. I just don't care. I can dedicate a lot of brain power and a lot of my attention to really stupid things. It's mostly what the show is every night. Sports are mostly dumb, mostly meaningless. I can really go on rabbit holes with stupid things. Stupid, stupid things. This is a bridge too far for me. I can't do this. Snappy Tom says he agrees on the darkness retreats. Eric and Madison says, You're not wrong to be annoyed. My Google search of darkness retreat enlightened me and it only took five minutes. That's what the internet is for. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Thank you, Eric. That is what the internet is for. It's exactly what the internet is for. Dave from Monona, wow says i will do a video of a blind guy wipes his butt and goes to the bathroom in the dark it will be the lead on grant's facebook page lol he then describes how you wipe your butt as a blind person i'm not going to read that dave That's funny though it is it's just i don't know that i want to re- i don't know that i want to read that thank you for the text though dave is a joy to hear from you pleasure and a privilege 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text i'm on twitter at Wisco Grant, Ridgeway Nut, OG listener and follower and contributor, says reports say that Aaron Rodgers only made it two days. Rumor has it, just like his family and fiancés, he can't even stand spending time with himself. Well, there you go. That might be what's scariest about a darkness retreat. It's just you and yourself in there. And sometimes the scariest thing in the world is not some scary monster, it's not the dark, but it's you. And that you are just one person. You are just one man. And you have to face that fact in a darkness retreat. Or so I'm told. That's how it works. I guess that's one of the, the benefits. The actual football. The actual Aaron Rodgers and the Packers football. It seems like there's some momentum for Aaron Rodgers to come back. Despite there being no developments. This is how the media has kind of shaped it. A lot of Jordan Love momentum last week. And now we're getting Aaron Rodgers momentum. This is Tom Pelissera on Rich Eisen's show earlier this week. And uh, that's too quiet. Let me do that again. This is Tom Pellicero of NFL Network on Rich Eisen's show earlier this week.
4: If he wants to return to Green Bay, the Packers, and as long as he's fully bought in, the Packers want him back. They had good conversations after the season. He is still, you know, down the stretch last season. He played at a high level. He kept him in it. Obviously, Week 18 didn't go the way they wanted it to. But there would also need to be further conversations about – Making sure that everybody's on the same page about the direct direction that the roster and the organization is going. And all that is without him actually telling anybody, including people he knows with other teams, that he's definitely gonna play in twenty twenty three.
2: So this is the reality that we've discussed a little bit this week. You know, we're big on Jordan Love. We're excited about Jordan Love. We were talking to Tyler Dunn. He loves he loves Jordan Love maybe more than anybody. Sometimes I read Tyler's stuff, and it's like, Tyler, I love you, buddy, but it seems to be a little bit of fan fiction in here. Like, we're comparing Jordan Love to Mahomes. Mahomes has won multiple Super Bowls and two MVPs. Jordan Love has started one NFL game, started against the Chiefs. That was it. Like, I'm excited for him. I hope he does well. I hope he succeeds, but it's a little strong sometimes with Jordan Love. We're Jordan Love show, though. Don't get me wrong. It seems, though, this week, the reality that keeps coming up on the show, and something I've talked to multiple textures and callers and tweeters about, if Aaron Rodgers comes to the Packers and says, I want to come back, do the Packers tell him no? Because I don't think they can. I don't think they will. I think they would rather keep the status quo, rather keep their franchise quarterback, their Hall of Famer, not upset the apple cart, and they don't want to go into waters that are uncertain. And I guess on one hand, I understand that. I just think sometimes certainty is not always better than uncertainty. Sometimes it's a good idea to roll the dice. Sometimes it's a good idea to to draw new cards because the cards you have just aren't that great. They could have worse cards. The Packers could have a worse hand right now. right? They have a stable quarterback situation in a conference that's very unstable and not very competitive. But they could have a better hand. They could be a Super Bowl contender. I don't know if that's through Jordan Love or somebody else, but eventually that's where I want to get. I don't want to just sit here with the cards that we have because the cards that we have led to a team that went 8-9 and nine last year. So I, I don't know. Stability's great. continuity's great. But don't confuse continuity and stability for staleness. Sometimes I think the Packers got a little stale towards the end with McCarthy, and I'm a little worried about the Packers doing the same now, especially because Matt LaFleur seems intent on holding on to Joe Barry for some reason and not bringing in new voices and not bringing in new coaches. I get that that's a defense mechanism of coaches as well because they don't want to ultimately be replaced. They don't want to bring in someone who's going to be a threat. I don't know if that's what happened with McCarthy at the end. That's what people said. I think sports fans and sports talkers get you know caught up in these tropes and these cliches that aren't really true, but it's just something we say. The Hall of Fame thing is one of those things for me. Like I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is making his retirement decision based on who he has to you know share the stage with. Is it the Hall of Fame ceremony? I just think that's something we talk about. I don't think that's something that's all that real. Seems like Mike McCarthy. Well, he didn't want to bring in a, a great assistant because he didn't want to be replaced. I don't know. I just think he liked his guys. I think he liked the staff. He worked with his friends, and, and it got stale, and I'm worried that the same is going to happen under Matt LaFleur. I'm worried that it's happening already. Let's talk to Eric on I-90. 796 What's going on, Eric? Long time no see. Long time no, no call. Yeah, or see. Yeah, you've been at home. You've been. You've missed out on some pretty miserable driving conditions out there on I ninety this week. I would imagine.
4: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've. Uh, I actually just got in the truck. That's the reason I'm calling is because it doesn't seem right if I'm not in my vehicle when I call <laughs> sports shows.
2: It does have a different sound. You, you sound a little bit more laid back. You're not yelling over the sound of the interstate, which I get a good kick out of. This is different, but I, I like it nonetheless.
4: Well, I'm in my driveway now, so I'm I'm not. I don't have to talk over anything. You just said something. I was just listening to your show, mm-hmm. and it's really. I mean, and it's not your fault, Grant, <laughs> but I'm just going to say it's 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 kind of the same content, just about every day. I, and I'm sorry, oh. I have missed a lot of your other shows.
2: I'm sorry. It's been a lot because of I'm
4: same. just not listening. To, I'm not listening to sports radio. But you said just a minute ago, and if we have to get the the you know the the court reporter to read it back to us, we will. Um, you got a good quarterback in a non-competitive division. How can you possibly still be saying that?
2: Uh... I thought I said conference. The the division's The divisions competitive, I guess, from a quarterback standpoint. Don't the Packers... The Packers can go into next year saying, we got the best quarterback in the division, right? You th- do you still uh, think yeah, that's true? Yeah.
4: I, I would say that, that that is true, but, you know, I think we get too hung up on that. I think that... You know, you can put just about any quarterback in on the right team and they can win seven in a row. And that San Francisco quarterback is a perfect example of
2: that. Well, and I think we're we're agreeing here, Eric, in that I, I think the Packers are like, well, we got the best quarterback. We're in a good spot. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But what is the ultimate goal? Is the goal to have the best quarterback and be, you know, marginally better than some other teams? Or do you eventually want to contend? I don't think there's a route to contending with Aaron Rodgers anymore. So I, I think we agree. You can do a lot with a quarterback. That doesn't have the the contract and the cloud and the success of Aaron Rodgers.
4: I, I think I think we are in
2: agreement, Grant.
4: Thank you for straightening
2: me out on that. <laughs> well, thank you for straightening me out. I do need to mix up the content a little bit. Because what I've been doing, Eric, is you know, I come on and we react to some badger game or you know, maybe we talk about the Bucks, and then as the show goes on, eventually it just turns into Packers talk. So it is a little bit routine. I, I should mix things up. I should shake things up.
4: Well, I'm, I'm. I haven't been listening to the show, so I really can't. Uh, you know, I can't critique anything because I. Oh, you you may have been talking about all kinds of things.
2: You can critique. You know, you can critique anytime you want, Eric. Totally.
4: But uh, no, I'm. Uh, I'm on the mend here. I'm. I'm working from home now a little bit and. Kind of got you know snowed in here a couple of days. as so I got out and went down to Lindy's and. Had a couple sandwiches for me and my beautiful bride. Are
2: you driving your beautiful bride crazy being at home too much? She works at home too. Oh, she's probably happy to have yeah. you at home, driving less, gets to see more of you. That's probably a good thing for her.
4: Right? She works. She's she was working at home long before this COVID stuff ever started or anything. They had at her the at her her employer. They just said we don't need all this office space and uh-huh. all that stuff. Good
2: so point. It's nice. Well, I-90 nice. misses you, Eric. And I miss your calls, and I'm happy to take you any time. I, when you're commuting, man, though, it's it's electric. We get some great contribution to the show.
4: Well, I, I'm hoping that I'll be uh, commuting here soon. Um, so, oh boy. Well, and maybe we... something will happen. Maybe, like, Aaron Rodgers will uh, try to decide who he's going to play, where he's going to play next year. Do you think they're bringing back Cobb? No,
2: I hope not. He's old and slow, and he doesn't really do that much. He's always hurt, too. You need, You guys got a couple of good wide
4: receivers there. You got that going for you. You still got a really good offensive line. Got a lot going for the Packers. And then you got, hey, you got your running back down. Uh, he resigned for less money, right? What
2: a, what a team player. Can you believe that, Eric?
4: Uh, that, I, I, I can believe it. Um, I think that Aaron Jones is a stand-up guy, but um, that's really going to help your team a lot. You're going to be able to go out and sign somebody decent.
2: Yeah, it'll be and nice.
4: My, yeah. My Vikings, I think they're going to be getting rid of a lot of defensive players, which is probably what should happen.
2: There's a new sheriff in town. Yeah, Brian Flores.
4: You know, when you watch the Chiefs this year, what did they have, two rookie cornerbacks?
2: The the Chiefs? the Chiefs, yeah, yeah, Justin Watson and the other guy whose, whose name I can't remember.
4: Right, but I mean those guys are just we're just coached really well, right?
2: Yeah, Spags, a lot of experienced veterans, and it helps you know with an offense that can control the game and possess the ball. But you know the Vikings, they got a lot of young players. Doesn't mean they can't have a good defense.
4: Right, right. I, so it, it, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to talk about it. You know, every day now until we start playing again. Okay. Well, you got the Brewers coming up, and you're going. Well,
2: listen, we do have the Brewers coming up.
4: You're going up to Arizona. You're going up to Arizona, right?
2: I'm going up to Arizona, yeah, Eric. We better get an Eric on a ID call when I'm out there.
4: Right, right. I'm I'm really excited for you. So then that's the week that you're going to try to not talk about Aaron Rodgers.
2: <laughs> I have a bad feeling that's that the week. some big Packers news is going to break that week that we have to talk about, and I'm going to be Just at the Brewers' it. stadium. Just
4: ignore it. All right. Just ignore it. All
2: right, ignore I it. That. I can do that, Eric. I got to take one last break. I'm glad to hear that you're on the mend and you're doing good, and it's nice to hear from you.
4: Yeah, nice to talk to you, Greg. You have a great
2: day, bud. You as well. It's our friend Eric on I 90, who's Eric at home. He's recovering. He lost a kidney, but as he said one last time, I'll bring this up. If you got to lose an organ, kidney's a good one to lose because you know you got two. Can't say the same for some of the other body parts that you have two of. That doesn't mean you want to lose one. I think we all know what I'm talking about. Nipples, I'm talking about. No, the other, the other one. Let's take a break. Three minutes. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next.
1: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Been talking a little Packers in the last hour. Something that I brought up a couple of times last week or two. Is we've been talking a lot about potentially the Packers moving from Jordan Love and, and going to or moving on from Rodgers going to Jordan Love. You know what I mean? And everyone wants to hearken back and remember back to two thousand eight. They're like, well, the Packers knew everyone knew in two thousand eight that far. You know, Favre had to go because Rodgers was great. We had this great guy waiting in the wings. We had this this star in waiting. It's easy to say that now. I wonder a little bit how much of that is revisionist history because I I think there was some hesitance. Maybe not a lot, but there were plenty of Packers fans that wanted to keep Favre, and I don't think that's just because they loved Favre. I think there were some doubters about Rodgers. He's this new guy, right? No one knew much about him. He'd been sitting for a couple of years. I mean, how how good could he be? He's been sitting on the bench for a couple of years, right? So I'm asking people, what did you really think in 2008? What did you really think? Well, Tim messages into the show Facebook page. He says, we knew immediately when Favre took over for the Magic Man. Everyone knew Favre was done in Green Bay watching that NFC Championship game. Rodgers should be done. I knew it the second Mahomes started talking after the Super Bowl. Packers front office is weak. Yeah, that Super Bowl hit pretty hard for me, watching Mahomes do that. Because Mahomes had a lesser talented roster, right? He had less to work with than the Eagles did. And he threaded the needle anyways. And that's what you have to do as a highly paid quarterback... Making the big money, making a certain percentage of the cap. You need to be great and then extra great to overcome the deficit that your team is going to face. And I just, I don't think Rodgers has that in him anymore. I don't. So what are we doing? I agree. But I struggle to see a world in which the Packers tell Rodgers, no, you can't come back. So we wait. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe we'll hear something tomorrow. Have a great night. NBA's back. Enjoy the basketball. We'll wrap up the week tomorrow. Never miss a Friday show.